What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 41, and uh, today we've got uh, another guest host. We've got uh, Kieran Reed, who's uh, one of our Facebook friends from the Wrestling with Jonners community page. Uh, Kieran, good evening. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, John? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And uh, of course, uh, we know each other from the Wrestling with Jonas Facebook group. And um, you, you mentioned on the Facebook group yesterday that you were at Super Strong Style 16. So I thought no better time to get Kieran on the podcast to tell us all about it. So we'll talk more about Super Strong Style 16 and uh, Kieran's uh, love and passion for professional wrestling very soon. Um, but just a bit of a plug so you know where to find us uh, on social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, uh, twitter.com forward slash with Jonas underscore pod and you can also follow us on instagram instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Jonas. and of course you can uh, um, hear this podcast on any popular podcast channel including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify podbean anchor youtube stitcher radio pretty much wherever you get your podcast we are available and remember if you're listening on apple itunes uh, don't forget to leave us a five star rating and a few comments and if you do we will give you a shout out on a future episode of the podcast but to, back to kieran and, and once again thank you so much for coming on the episode this week um i want to find out a little bit about yourself uh, so that our listeners can kind of uh, understand a bit more about you and a bit more about your your passion for professional wrestling uh, we obviously know that you're a big progress fan you're going to be telling us all about super strong style 16 very soon but when did you first come across professional wrestling uh kind of what era was it and uh, who were some of the big superstars around at the time when you first got involved or or kind of fell in love with professional wrestling kieran so i'd say i first got into wrestling it'd probably be the back end of the attitude era okay so, and austin triple h rock all of those were all big big guys yeah uh, good time the thing that pulled me in the most, I think, was the invasion angle, to be honest. Ah, okay. I loved I loved the fact that you didn't know what was going to happen week in, week out. Yeah. And it kept tuned in, watched it every week. Yeah. Um, my granddad was a big one that got me into it. I remember my sixth birthday, he brought me a Hope Hogan DVD. Nice. Which went for all of his like, old stuff and everything. And yeah. that kind of started my love, obviously, being in the UK not having sky at the time you could only really get like the promo shows and heat and stuff yeah so you kind of had to try and follow it from there but then as obviously as soon as i got internet access and everything boom the love began there we go there we go and uh yeah like i say you got into it at the right time uh um looks like whether it's in the middle of the attitude era or at the back end of the attitude era fantastic time to uh, fall in love with wrestling so much uh, good action so many great wrestlers so many uh, great uh, gimmicks and angles around that time and uh, yeah what a fantastic time to to come across wrestling so who are your favorite wrestlers at the moment who do you enjoy watching um you know on the tv whether it be from wwe nxt uh, we know you're a big uh, indie wrestling fan but who are some of your favorites at the moment kieran AJ Styles, I've followed his whole career. Okay. Stuff in Ring of Honor, New Japan, TNA, the whole lot. Uh, uh, he literally lives up to his moniker. He is phenomenal. Yeah, I'd uh, agree with that, definitely. Uh, uh, any indie stars that you uh, enjoy watching? So, uh, Will Ospreay. I've actually trained with uh, well. Will Ospreay is, in real life, an absolute lovely fella. Yeah. And he's so, he's so knowledgeable, and it's the yeah. same picture as well i've trained with pete dunn did a wow. free seminar with him yeah um hour and a half of it he'll sit there and he'll talk to you about how to make yourself popular in the community in the industry yeah tell you about how to get yourself over and everything his knowledge is insane 
and I can't wait for him to start doing bigger things with WWE. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant, um, you know, the day that he does eventually end up on the main roster. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to continue watching him on NXT or NXT UK, but uh, he is going to be a big, big superstar um, on WWE on the main roster in the years to come. So you're a bit of a, a budding wrestler yourself, then, are you, Kieran? So what, what, uh, how much training have you had, and um, have you, have you done any shows, or are you just training at the moment? I, I kind of dibbled and dabbled in it, so. Yep. Um, work kind of conflicts quite a lot with me actually training. I have done a bit in the past. I did it for a couple of years when I mm. just school, but never had a match or anything. It was literally just training and fitness for me. Um, then I've managed to wangle to get Tuesdays off to go training. Yeah. And then after the Pete Dunn seminar, it kind of fizzled out because work started messing me about a bit. So I haven't yeah, been no. training since. That's about a year and a half ago now, nearly two years. You've had a bit of experience between the ropes and you've had some interesting people stand in front of you to uh, uh, teach one or two things. So, so uh, yeah, fantastic. So let's um, talk a little bit about Super Strong Style 16. So you were there. You were there for all three days. At Alexander Palace, that's right. That was the location, wasn't it, Kieran? Alexander Palace? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it was, it was a three-day show, um, and it was over Bank Holiday weekend. So it was last Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah. And the first day concentrated on the, the first round matches for the Super Strong Style 16 uh, tournament. So uh, you say you've been, you've been following Progress since uh, last year, since 2018, uh, but you've been to quite a few Progress shows. Um, you, you mentioned to me earlier off air that you was at uh, Chapter 86 in Birmingham, which was the show I went to. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your kind of knowledge of, of Progress and, and what, what other shows you've seen in the flesh uh, before Super Strong Style 16. Tell us a little bit about your, your Progress um, history. So I went, my first show I went to was November, which I think yeah. was um, oh I can't remember the name, but I think it was meat hands and sausage fingers. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it had uh, Trent Seven versus, which I think was that the one with um, Kyle Fletcher, where he faced Kyle Fletcher for the Atlas title, or yeah, so where Kyle Fletcher went up the weight class to actually challenge. I thought, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. On the, that show was absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, it's been a little while, so I can't remember everything. But for yeah. me, every show I've been to, the fans make it. Yeah. It's all in advance. I mean, Jim is a great host for the shows. Absolutely yeah. brilliant with his, with his interaction with the fans. And I think that's what makes me go back every time yeah. is just unique every single show has a difference and every single show no matter who they've put on the card is absolutely brilliant they always put on stellar matches fantastic there we go well let's uh, let's dip let's um delve into super strong style 16 so day one took place last saturday and it had eight first round matches um and it's got um a lot of familiar names there that have wrestled for progress in the past a lot of familiar names that uh, we're all uh, aware of on the uk indie scene or uh, names that might be wrestling under the wwe banner for nxt uk and uh, one or two maybe less familiar names and we'll talk about those as we come across their for, as we come across their first round matches and um the first match to talk of was uh, Ilya dragonov versus chris brooks so this was a pretty exciting match. I've not seen Ilya Dragunov in the flesh, um, but um, obviously we're going to be seeing his NXT UK debut next week. So we'll be talking more about him on the uh, podcast in uh, uh, very, very soon. 
But uh, this first match, Ilya Dragunov versus Chris Brooks. Um, what do you think of this one then, Kieran? So, um, I've seen Ilya Dragunov a few times, and he is amazing in the ring. Um, he's got quite a hard-hitting style. Yeah. Um, he's really over with the fans, even though he doesn't talk much. I mean, his Umba Zeba catchphrase is literally chanted as soon as he comes out of that curtain. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does in NXT UK. I'm kind of curious to see what they do with him, see if they team him up with Walter or not as well because of the fraction that's going along. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting. Um, so Ilya Dragunov uh, went over in this match. He did defeat Chris Brooks uh, via pinfall. Uh, what, what did you think of the match overall? And uh, did, did the right man win? The right man did win. Um I love Chris Brooks. I've seen him many, many times, mainly as a tag team wrestler with CCK. Yeah. But I also saw a um, Pro show against Pac in yeah. a singles match. Um, he's got it all. He can wrestle singly and he can wrestle as a tag team. So I honestly think Chris Brooks is going to be someone to look out in the future. Yeah. But for booking-wise and the way that the rest of the card went, which we'll get to, yeah, um, I think the right person did win. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, can't wait to see this one uh, myself. But to move on to match number two, and we mentioned uh, Carl Fletcher earlier on uh, from a, a previous progress show, but uh, here he is. He goes up against Daga um, in the second first round match. Now, I'm not terribly familiar with Daga. What do you know about Daga and what did you think about this match? So Daga, I actually have seen a couple of clips of him on AAA on yep. when obviously my research for I go shows. So when his name was announced, I hopped on YouTube, watched a few of his matches from AAA. He did a little bit in Lucha Underground, but not a lot. And I remember I used to watch Lucha Underground quite a lot as well. Yes. Um, so in those days, I knew that he was good in the ring. And he's another one of those guys that's got the full package. He's quite a big dude, but he can fly around the ring. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of stuff there that Darga did that I was like, Wow. Um, but Kyle Fletcher, again, obviously, as you know, as a Progress fan, I've seen quite a lot of Kyle Fletcher. Indeed. And I, I think he's also another one to look out for in the future. He's he's mm. another one that's got him with Aussie Opens amazing. Him with singles matches is amazing. He always seems to put on a great show as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that um, Aussie Open uh, haven't been uh, called up yet to uh, WWE or maybe NXT UK. But uh, do you reckon that they do have a future um, in a bigger promotion like WWE or do you think they'd prefer to stay on the independents? I think from just as I can get from them, I think it's yeah, not yeah. a case of whether booked or not to go on to the big show. I think it's a case of they prefer the indie shows. Fair enough. Obviously. Is obviously, as you know, with WWE and creative and stuff, you can't do half the stuff you want to do. Yeah. And I think for them, for creative reasons, they prefer to stay on the indies. Plus, they're both still young as well. They've got time to go there. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, most definitely. I think in the, in the short time I've been watching Carl Fletcher matches uh, for the last year or so as part of Aussie Open predominantly, but he has had quite a few outstanding singles matches um, across the UK indie scene and on progress. I think Carl Fletcher 
you know how much he's grown in the year um, that, that I've noticed him. Uh, I, th- I think his his future is going to be very very bright and very promising. So uh, yeah, watch out for Carl Fletcher. But Carl Fletcher did go over in this match. He did beat Daga by pinfall. Um, and uh, yeah, another fantastic match. We move on to match number three. Travis Banks versus DJZ. So I've seen DJZ and Travis Banks uh, a few times uh, in the flesh. Uh, both excellent wrestlers. Uh, personally, I think that Travis Banks makes a, a better heel and he tends to play the heel um, in progress, uh, whereas he tends to play the babyface on NXT UK. But uh, what do you think of this match then, Kieran? Travis Banks versus DJZ. A brilliant match. Obviously, it's very contrasting styles. Travis Banks is a lot of mat work, a lot of mat work, a lot of working joints, making, trying to tap out yeah. that sort of character. Um, DJZ, obviously, high flying, using speed to his advantage. It made for a very interesting match, and each guy got their high spots in, as mm. you would expect in a good 20, 25 minute match. Um, the crowd lived the whole time, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, DJ Z did his usual DJ, and then he did the boo 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 boo. Yeah, <laughs> always amusing. Yeah, banks, and he kind of got a kick in the head for it. Um, but again, with Travis going over on that one, again, right decision, as we'll discuss later for further on in the tournament. Absolutely. DJZ, um, not 100% sure if it's right with the rumours him being signed with WWE, but if it is, I think it's the right time for him to go because I think he needs a bit of a gimmick change. As much as his gimmick is over the fans, he just doesn't seem to be getting the pushes with it. Yeah, uh, well, the, the rumours are correct. Um, I, I believe he signed to be part of NXT uh, a few months back. And um, I think he's, he's just finishing off his final indie dates. Um, but uh, yeah, expect to see DJZ uh, in an NXT ring fairly soon. So that should be good for him and good for the fans. Um, but we're nearly halfway through the first round. Um, Jordan Devlin versus Lucky Kid is the next match, match number four. Now, um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I... I I hadn't heard of Lucky Kid um, ahead of Super Strong Style 16. Now, I am a huge Jordan Devlin fan. I think he's uh, really come leaps and bounds over the last couple of years I've been watching him. Um, but uh, Lucky Kid, um, is he another one that you did your research on before uh, you went to Ali Pali? Uh, what did you know about him and what did you think of this match? I actually saw Lucky Kid live at Breadknife. I watched his qualifier for Super Strong right. Style. Yeah, um, that's right. He he was on that, but uh, I must have forgotten about that match. Yeah. Um, he um, he's again he's one of these unique characters. He's he's high flying and everything, but he's kind of got the psychopathic thing going for him. Right. The ability sort of thing. You never know what he's going to do. That's his sort yeah. of gimmick. Um, in ring again with his high flying skills and everything, he's he's a brilliant person to watch. Um, obviously, you knew going into that match, it was always going to be Jordan Devlin going over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jordan Devlin has been ever so dominant lately, but uh, carry on. Sorry. I'm a massive Jordan Devlin fan myself. I think yeah, he's yeah. absolutely amazing in the ring. And again, he's another guy that's got everything. Obviously, he was trained by the first Universal Champion yeah, in Bala. Yeah. Um, and I can honestly see Jordan Devlin potentially, possibly being slightly bigger than him in WWE. Well, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people saying exactly the same to you. You know, it's yourself, Kieran. And um, um, if if he doesn't become bigger name value, I know that uh, a lot of people are saying that he's possibly already as good as Finn Balor in the ring. And uh, if he isn't already, he's possibly heading that way. But uh, and I know that they had a, an outstanding match 
at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool in January. Um, but uh, I've seen Jordan Devlin in the flesh a couple of times and uh, um, absolutely love watching him uh, in the ring. Um, big fan of his uh, in progress, um, NXT UK, um, OTT. But yeah, I think over the last couple of years, he's probably one of the uh, one of the best wrestlers, um, if not in the UK, possibly in Europe and, and certainly heading into uh, a world beater in my books. But uh, Jordan Devlin went over lucky kid there. So he progresses through to uh, the next round. Uh, match number five, we've got um, another person that's just signed with NXT, um, Trevor Lee, and he went up against Aerostar. So I know that uh, Trevor Lee, he's um, a bit of a talker, isn't he? He, he kind of likes himself uh, on the mic. And I uh, did some quite amusing promos uh, over the weekend. Um, have you seen much of, of, of Trevor Lee on the Indies? And what did you think of him here? And uh, he, he was getting some quite amusing, um, some amusing chants going uh, through, through, the, through the crowd, I understand. He was very good on the mic. Uh, what did you think of Trevor Lee? And what did you think of his match against Aerostar? I think the way Trevor Lee is, as his persona, coming out with the arrogance of obviously mm. being he come out with the NXT jacket on and WWE jacket. Yeah. Around the ring, pointing at the logo and pointing at the fans, just trying to rile them up a bit. Proper heel. <laughs> really well. Um, he's great on the mic. He knows how to make people hate him. So if that's what he's going to go in with in NXT, then he's going to do an amazing job. Um, I have seen some of his indie stuff, obviously TNA, stuff like that. Sure. So again... He is another guy with the bright people that can put on magic. Aerostar as well, again, AAA. Done a lot of research on him. Um, and there's a lot of stuff Aerostar can do in the ring that people would not think is believable With if they're just mainstream watching the WWE stuff. If you've not watched a lot of indie stuff, the stuff that you can see Aerostar do is literally insane. Wow, yeah. Um, but to Trevor Lee... Um, as you kind of expect, uh, went over in this match. Uh, by the sounds of it, Aerostar gained a few uh, new fans at uh, Ali Pali over last weekend uh, through this match. But uh, moving on to match number six now, uh, David Starr. Um, he was up against Artemis Spencer. So uh, another kind of fairly unfamiliar name in Artemis Spencer. Um, I think a, a lot of people, especially if you're a fan of indie wrestling like yourself, Kieran, are definitely familiar with David Starr, uh, one of the more popular indie uh, wrestlers out there. Um, but uh, what did you think of this match? And uh, once again, another fairly unfamiliar name of Artemis Spencer. Uh, tell us about this match. Right, Artemis Spencer. I'm going to start with him because he shocked me. For me, he put on one of the best performances in uh, for a guy that I that I didn't really know a lot about before the show. Um, I, I tried to do research, but there was not a lot out there about mm. Artemis Spencer. There's a lot more now. Sure. Super strong style. But um, again, he's another one of these guys that he's massively tall. He's built well, but he can fly. And he made he made a fan out of me over that weekend. Um, David Starr. Love David Starr to bits. Um I think the biggest thing for me with David Starr was this new independent thing that he dropped on Thursday. Yeah. Dropped that Thursday and the amount of people that went over and brought his merch, he sold out by the end of day one. I think people really get behind David Starr because they believe in what he stands for. His new independent thing is literally he's standing up for independent wrestling. And I think he will only go over more with that. I can Definitely. say I went straight to him on day one and brought £65 worth of his match. Um, there we go. Can't say any any more than that, really. Yeah, definitely. 
but he's legit a lovely guy. There was an incident with someone having a signed poster from him that got stolen, and he, by the next day, had already re-signed one and handed it back to the person. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, but yes, David Starr went over in this match, um, but it sounds, as you've just said, Artem and Spencer definitely gained a lot more fans. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that we'll be seeing a lot more of Artem and Spencer uh, in the future, uh, future progress shows uh, and, and kind of, you know, we'll be looking out for him for sure. Definitely be looking out for him for sure. Um, match number seven. Now, one of my favourites, Paul Robinson. I just like this uh, this guy. He's an absolute psychopath. He's, he's a complete nutter, um, but he's not bad in the ring also. Uh, he's got a bit of a uh, hybrid style, a, a little bit of a brawler, hardcore style, but he does do some pretty good moves in the ring on occasions. Uh, and I think we saw that over the weekend from Paul Robinson. But in this match, he was against uh, Darby Allen. And um, uh, what did you think of this match? Uh, Paul Robinson versus Darby Allen. Right, so... Interesting facts for you. This was the first time Darby Allen ever left North America. Before. Okay. Um, so finding his stuff again was kind of hard, but kind of easy to find. Yeah. Um, so Darby Allen is another one of these unique characters. He's um, he's like Paul Robinson in the sense of he likes to do everything. Um, he reminded me a little bit of a young Jimmy Havoc, to be honest. Right. Um, style in the ring. Um, obviously with him being signed to AEW as well. So we will be seeing a lot more of him. Um, and he is an amazing talent. Again, he's another one of those guys that shocked me completely. And he's just an all-round good guy. Paul Robinson, absolutely love him. Love him. I love him with Will Ospreay, Swords of Essex. I love yeah. how he just gets in everyone's faces with his character. And I love how he is, he is legit, a legit absolute psychopath. <laughs> which yeah. we later on when we talk about day three. Definitely, definitely. So Paul Robinson went over in this match. Um, but uh, yeah, Paul Robinson progresses to the next round. But as you mentioned, Darby Allen, first time outside of North America. And um, yeah, if you weren't familiar with him before, you definitely are now after his super strong style 16 appearance last weekend. Final first round match. Now, this was one that was getting all of the uh, the, the memes and all the video clips um, the day after. It was uh, kind of the main event of the evening. Kyle O'Reilly from uh, NXT's Undisputed Era uh, going up against Chris Ridgway. And um, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're a massive Kyle O'Reilly fan. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of his stuff, whether it be on the indies or possibly um, as part of the Undisputed Era. But um, this was uh, definitely a main event. It had definitely a main event feeling, a main event calibre um, and uh, a main event feel about it. Uh, what did you think about this one? The pop that Kyle O'Reilly got when he came out, uh, especially when the Undisputed theme uh, came out over the, the speakers. Um, I bet the, the, the hair on the back of your neck stood up, didn't it, Kieran? It did indeed. Um, so I wasn't, because of the match that he got for the first round with Chris Ridgeway, wasn't 100% sure how the fans were going to be. Obviously, Ridgeway's a home favourite. He's been on progress quite a lot. He's challenged Walter for the title and everything like that. Yeah. But obviously, with a big game like that, you know he's going to go over. I don't mean in the match, but with the fans, he's going to go over. Yeah. Um, literally, I spent the whole weekend with my mate off his first entrance and listening. He was just repeatedly singing the Shock to the <laughs> System entrance. Um, yeah. Got a little bit annoying, but 
it was brilliant, brilliant. The crowd made that match. Obviously, there was dueling chance. I, I love Kyle O'Reilly, and I obviously think he should get a singles crush in NXT. Yeah. Because at the minute it's he's not being used, and it's quite disappointing. I mean, you've got the whole of Redragon back together with Bobby Fish, and they're not even challenging for the tag titles. The only time you're seeing Kyle O'Reilly in a tag team is with. Roderick Strong, apart from I think it's two matches he's done with Fish now. Yeah. Um, but again, he's another again another all rounder with his martial arts and his submission skills. He could be amazing as a singles wrestler, and I think WWE are missing a massive opportunity with him. But not only that, Kieran. You know, I, th- I think uh, Kyle Riley. I think he's uh, his gimmick. And his uh, his mannerisms, his facials, his his character development has come on uh, leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. You only have to see him in a backstage promo, even if he's not talking. He's the one that's kind of reacting to everything. And like I say, the facials and his reactions to what everybody else is doing around him. And I think that kind of makes him stand out, to be honest with you. I think he's probably um, the best character in Undisputed Era. On, on top of his fantastic wrestling ability, I agree with what you're saying. I think they should do a lot more with Kyle O'Reilly. I think he is pretty much the total package. I think he's, his confidence has come on leaps and bounds. His wrestling ability has always been there. But I think his gimmick and his character um, is, is definitely one to watch out for. And I think that if he demonstrates that, um, that, that character, uh, even on the main roster, I think he stands a chance of getting over. What do you think? I agree. 100%. I agree. Because um, after the match, um, they did the whole egg guitar thing. He pulled Chris Ridgeway back in the ring. And they had an air guitar off, and it was brilliant to see. It, no one was expecting it, and it just showed a little bit of Kyle O'Reilly's charisma, and it was amazing. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so uh, day one, uh, big success, big thumbs up for yourself. Would you? What would you say was the best match from day one, then, Kieran? So day one would have to be Kyle O'Reilly, Chris Ridgeway. Um, yeah. Was an amazing match to watch the whole way through. Obviously, both of them have the same sort of wrestling style. So it was great to see those sort of two competing against each other. And it was honestly one of the best matches I've ever watched in person. Fantastic. There we go. Uh, so moving on to day two now. Uh, so the first match to kick off the day was Aerostar versus Daga. So we spoke a little bit about Aerostar and Daga, uh, both unfortunately getting uh, eliminated from Super Strong Style in the first round. But here they are going up against one another. And um, this must have been a, a pretty fast-paced, action-packed match to kick off day two. Uh, what do you remember from this match? Um, the biggest thing I remember was the complete change in Daga. So he played the first day as a, a face, and then this match of Aerostar, he played the heel. And he played it really well. Um, he changed his wrestling style completely, so he went from being slightly high-flying, and he he just went to ground and pound, um, obviously to build up suspension in the match. Um Obviously, I've watched a couple of their matches in AAA, and they literally just re reignited the fire that they have in AAA. Yeah, um, fantastic! A real treat for the fans in attendance, by the sounds of it. It was, yeah. Um, you saw the best of, you saw probably two of the best Mexican wrestlers come over and absolutely put on a blinding match. Awesome, awesome! Can't wait to watch that when it drops uh, on demand. But uh, moving back into the super. 
Strong Style 16 tournament. We've got four quarterfinal matches on day two, and the first of which, well, just on paper, I think it could main event uh, any card uh, for any promotion around the UK. Um, Jordan Devlin versus Carl Fletcher. And uh, yeah, this could very well have been a suitable final match, let alone a quarterfinal match. Uh, yeah, you had a real treat in this one. Uh, what was your take on Jordan Devlin versus Carl Fletcher? This was, for me, match of the tournament. Um, they These two put on an absolute blinding show. There was so many false finishes. There was so much action, so much suspense throughout the whole match. It really put into light what sort of work Kyle Fletcher can do as a solo wrestler against a person the calibre of Jordan Devlin. If you think how over Jordan Devlin is and Kyle Fletcher legit took him to the limit, um, I think the finish of the match was kind of botched, but I'll let the fans and everyone else who's going to watch it at a later date make their opinion on that. I don't want to spoil too much. Right. Um, but from sitting in third row, it looked nasty. Fair enough. We'll have to look out for that one when it drops on demand. But uh, yeah, like I say, on paper, it just looks like a blinding match. And you just told me yourself that it was your your favourite match of the tournament for the whole weekend. And uh, yeah, moving on to the next quarterfinal match, Ilya Dragunov versus Trevor Lee. So we can we can tell that things are getting a little bit more more serious now, more competitive in super strong style. These are two uh, big name players uh, in a quarterfinal match, Ilya Dragunov versus Trevor Lee. Uh, Ilya Dragunov went over in this match, um, but uh, I'm sure Trevor Lee did uh, his usual um, heel gimmick on the mic. Uh, tell us a little, about, little bit about this one then, Kieran. I was slightly disappointed about this match. Um, they, it seemed like they weren't given enough time because of how the first match ended with Trevor Lee, Aerostar. Yeah. Kind of reversed it on this match with Elia. Um, you could have seen a lot better of a match from them. It was very one-sided and very over quickly. Okay. Opinion. Um, so I can't really give much of a review on it. It was kind of nice to see Trevor Lee get his comeuppance from the previous match. Yeah. But again, they, they missed out on something that could have been magical. There we go. There we go. Um, but uh, the next match is a, a women's four-way match. And uh, it was a qualifier to see um, who would be uh, going through to the, the championship match on day three. And uh, this qualifying match was between uh, Session Moth Martina uh, versus Ginny. Um, so Session Moth Martina actually beat Ginny here. So we're all familiar with Ginny from NXT UK and Session Moth, um, another, another kind of darling of, of the UK indies. Um, and she's pretty much uh, indie through and through, probably very similar to David Starr, who you mentioned earlier. But uh, Session Moth going over in this match. Um, but in the end, Ginny uh, embraced Martina, uh, seemingly saying farewell to, to progress. So give us your uh, rundown of this match, um, how you th think it went, um, and uh, the, the kind of final segment with uh, Ginny seemingly saying goodbye to progress. So it was nice. I'll start with the end with the whole saying goodbye to Ginny stuff. Yeah, uh, it just proves that it doesn't matter what sort of a persona you play. If you put your heart and soul into the business that you want to go for, the fans will love you for it no matter what. And you saw that with the way that Ginny went out. Um, the match itself, again, brilliant contrast of styles. Obviously, you've got Ginny, who plays very good heel, versus Martino, who's a bit of a party animal. As yeah. a persona, and it goes over so well. Martina's actually in Australia at the minute. 
and um, I have her on Facebook and she posted a status earlier about it saying that she can't believe that even that other side of the world, how she's got over with the fans with her gimmick. Yeah. Um, so I think at the minute she's getting very taken back by how much she's growing as a superstar because she's done a show for the company I used to train for. That's when I originally met her. Yeah. Um, and she's lovely. She's lovely in real life. And um, I'm glad to see that she's actually being utilised in the bigger companies of the UK scene, like OTT, Progress, and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more from Martina on Progress. Yeah, and just to back up what you're saying there, not only has um, Martina got got a fantastic gimmick that's very popular with the fans, um, but she's very good in the ring as well. Um, and I think she she you know her style. Um, you know, it it, it complements her gimmick, uh, and her gimmick complements her wrestling style. I suppose you you could say so. It's, it's almost a perfect package for uh, for for that individual. But um, yeah, so it looks like Ginny's um, possibly uh, hanging up her, her indie career boots and uh, possibly moving for a full time career with WWE. What would you say? The way that that ended that match, I would agree. Um, but obviously you don't know how things are going to play out with WWE, they chop and change things all the time Yeah, I'd love to one day see Ginny back in a progress room, obviously it's what she built she helped build that women's division on progress um, it was nice to see that she parched the torch over yeah. to a person like Martina um, I don't think it is the last we've seen of Ginny in the indie scene I think for the time being it is because of the schedule with NXT UK and potentially her getting called up to NXT if she keeps doing what she's doing and killing it on NXT UK. Definitely. I think she definitely deserves it. Uh, then we move on to a no disqualification match. So uh, this was Jimmy Havoc, Mark Haskins, Mark Andrews and Liguero uh, versus uh, Chuck Mambo, Drew Parker, Spike Trevay and Bill Evers, uh, otherwise known as uh, the, 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 uh, the group known as Do Not Resuscitate. Now, this sounds like it was a, a bit of a wild match. Um, you've obviously got Jimmy Havoc involved and Mark, Mark Haskins involved. You know that they like a good brawl and the same for uh, Do Not Resuscitate. Uh, this must have been uh, a pretty wild wrestling match. What can you remember and tell me from this one? So this match I was third row for. Um, I remember moving my head so much because they were all over the place. Oh, I bet, yeah. Every, they were all over the whole arena. Um, so it's hard to give you ex, like spot calls and stuff. Mm. Um, all I can remember is I ended up with Chat Mambo in my, lo- in my lap after he took a chop from Mark Haskins. Um, and me patting him on the back, asking if he was right, <laughs> the thumbs up. Um DNR, I believe, are going to be one of the top fractions going into anything they go and do. Uh, it's it's sad to see that they've lost a member with Drew Parker yeah. signing in Japan now for, I think it's Noah. Um, so it's going to be hard for them, obviously, to play the whole four thing. But I believe they've got plenty of opportunities to recruit another one there's lots of young up-and-coming talent in there that they can do um i've got a feeling potentially because of the connection with chuck mumbo and tk cooper outside of the business as well mm. uh there's potential there for tk to go over there and turn on trav 
obviously DNR's whole gimmick is to get rid of the fossils of progress, as they say it. Yeah. And obviously, Travis is going to be one of those people. He's been there for a very long time. Um, at the end of the match, there was a brilliant heartwarming moment with Eddie Dennis and all of the guys. But again, I won't ruin too much. I'll make you guys watch it on Progress On Demand. Yeah. But there is a bit of a, a reunion of sorts between uh, Eddie Dennis, who's out with uh, uh, a, a torn shoulder, I believe, at the moment. And uh, he does reunite with a um, uh, longtime friend, but also recent bitter enemy in Mark Andrews. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that was quite an emotional moment for those of you that were there, I, I, I understand. And um, uh, good to see those two kind of back on good terms again, I suppose. Yes, the crowd went absolutely insane. I bet, I bet. <laughs> Moving on to uh, the next quarterfinal match. And this was, uh, once again, we mentioned him from day one, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and he was up against Paul Robinson. So when I saw this in the draw, I, I thought, wow, it couldn't be any kind of different in terms of two completely contrasting styles, two contrasting personalities. Uh, we know that Paul Robinson can definitely mix up in the ring. He, he's got the ability, but he's known as more of a, a bit of a hardcore wrestler, a bit of a, a psychopath um, up against uh, the smoother, more technical Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, this must have been an interesting match to watch on the night. Um, I mean, w- w- was you kind of as hooked to this match as I probably would have been if I was there in terms of seeing two completely different wrestlers in the ring together? Yes. Um, so I went into this match thinking it was kind of going to be a squash match. Because um, obviously, as you said, Kyle O'Reilly is very over in multiple companies and in the industry just in general. Uh, Robbo, even though he's been wrestling for years, for most people, he's kind of an unrecognised name if you only stick to mainstream wrestling. Um, but Robbo come out and he shocked me completely in this match. He completely changed his wrestling style and he actually wrestled a smoother game, but he was still hard hitting. Uh, he hit one of his old finishes as well which was like a screw he got span in the air like four times to hit a hit a kick on the back of O'Reilly yeah um obviously I'm I'm on early days of progress so it reminds me of his old shooting star Paul Robinson stuff and it was kind of nice to see it was kind of like a little flashback um and again for me that was match of the tournament for Robbo I got the feeling. I get the feeling that we're going to be talking a bit more about Paul Robinson on day number three when we get to it. But uh, this match ended via submission, and Kylie Riley uh, defeated Paul Robinson via submission. Um, but uh, yeah, look, say it obviously took a lot of people by surprise. And good to see that Paul Robinson uh, switched up his style a little bit here. Um, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly advances through to day three and the semi-finals. And the final quarter-final match of day two was uh, David Starr um, versus Travis Banks. So tell me a little bit about this one, because uh, it ended um, in a slightly unique way, setting up um, a, a slightly different semi-final match. Uh, um, but I'll let you kind of tell the listeners about uh, this match, David Starr versus Travis Banks. So Travis Banks came out and played the heel, as he always does, came out with David Starr's new T-shirt, wearing it, um, and then was mocking him for it. So David Starr came out, started the match very fast, very brawly. Um, then it, um believe it ended in a double count out because they brawled all over the arena. Jim came out, uh, restarted the match. It then ended again in a double count out. And then they just kept brawling and brawling and brawling. 
And as Jim said, he had to do dad voice, demanded that they stopped fighting. And if they did, they'd obviously go on to make the semi-final match a triple threat. There we go. There we go. And obviously, I kind of have to give a spoiler on that one because obviously we'll be talking about the semi-final match when we hit day three. Absolutely. kind of had to spoil slightly, so I'm sorry, guys. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that, that ended in a kind of a, a no contest and both David Starr and Travis Banks gets moved into um, yeah into one of the semi-final spots, turning that into a triple threat. But uh, um, yeah, um, I'm, g- I'm going to jump straight into the main event of day two now, if, if that's okay, Kieran. And that was a much anticipated match. Um, and you had Progress World Champion Walter uh, against Atlas Division Champion Trent Seven, and uh, it was it was a title unification match. So I know that this has had a, a long build on social media um, in the weeks and the months uh, leading up to the uh, super strong style at Ali Pali last weekend. Um, but uh, tell us about this match. Uh, tell us who won, and uh, tell us what your thoughts were at the end of it. So. Um... I've got a little bit to say about this match because I was actually slightly disappointed by it. Um, I honestly thought with the build-up and the anticipation that the match would be better. Um, The biggest thing for me is Walter's supposed to be known for his chops and Trent Sevens were better. Um, Just better sounding and better hitting. Um, I think the way the match ended was very disappointing as well. Um... I, I believe it could build up to something in the future. Um, but obviously, with Trent doing a lot more with NXT UK now, with Mustache Mountain, I'm not 100% sure when it will happen, but I've got a feeling it will. They will have a rematch. But whether it's for a title belt or not, I do not know. Obviously, we'll get onto that a little bit later on when we go through the final of Super Strong Style. Um but yeah, the, the crowd made that match, not the actual wrestling in the ring for me. Um, the dueling chance and everything like that. For me, the stuff in the ring, it was it was basic and it was just big spot stuff. There was nothing special that happened. So um, it, it didn't quite deliver as far as you're concerned then, despite the, the name value of the two individuals in there. Um, and how, how did it end in the end and uh, who, who went over? So Walter won by pinfall, but Trent Seven's foot was on the rope, but the ref didn't see it. So right. it was kind of a finish. So you think that there's potential there maybe for a rematch because of how it ended? Um, but uh, um, yeah, it sounds like you're a little bit disappointed by that match, but um uh, yeah, can't wait to see that one when that one drops uh, on demand, um, hopefully this week. But uh, I, I think we're, we're probably both massive fans of, of Walter and uh, what he's done on the independent scene and what he's doing currently on NXT UK. He's definitely the man to watch and he's definitely the man to beat at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, he unifies the world and the Atlas titles here um, at the end of this match. What, what do you think is going to happen with the Atlas title? Is, is it going to stay its own entity or do you think they're going to move it to one side or possibly create another title? What have you heard so far? I've not heard anything, but I have theories. Um, I don't think Walter could do double duty. He's got he's cardiovascularly brilliant, but for me, because of his ring style and the amount of talent progress he's got, 
they like to put on long matches. So for me, Walter would not be able to do two matches in one yeah. night to defend both belts. So I think maybe they drop the Atlas title, create a new one, and potentially, because National Progression comes up in September, instead of the winner getting a guaranteed title shot, they pick up that title. What that title will be, nobody knows, or if even if they're going to do it. But I think they've got an opportunity there to do it. Yeah, that's a good prediction. Yeah, I've I've heard that uh, similar rumours to that where they might be replacing the Atlas Division title with a with a new title. Um, but it's interesting times. But at the moment we've got uh, Walter holding both belts. What happens to the Atlas title? We will have to see. Exciting times. But uh, yeah. Moving on to day three, and I'm going to go straight into the first of the semi-final matches. Um, and it was the triple threat match that you alluded to earlier on. David Starr versus Travis Banks versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, David Starr went over in this match. He actually beat Travis Banks and Ilya Dragunov. Um, but uh, um, I understand that it was a, a, an elimination-style match. So uh, tell us about this match. And, um, yeah, but like I say, not often... Well, it's the first time we've had a triple threat semi-final at any Super Strong-style tournament. Uh, did you enjoy this match? I did. I absolutely loved it. So you've got three of the biggest names in independent wrestling in a match together. Um, I think the way they booked it is really well. Uh, I think I I called it about three days before I even got the Super Strong style. I called the final and I did say that at some point there would be a dodgy finish looking at the brackets to in some way make the semi-final match because it would either be Travis versus Elia or Star versus Elia. I did say that there'd be a way there for it to become some sort of a triple threat so that they could still make Ely look strong but get him out of the tournament. Um, and obviously I was right with my prediction. Um, the match itself was brilliant. It was what you'd expect from guys like that who have honed their craft wrestling each other. Um, there was a lot of high spots. Again, it's hard for me to talk about because I don't want to ruin too much for the viewers. I don't really want people to kind of be like, oh, well, he's ruined kind of the whole match. <laughs> it, Definitely worth watching. Again, it's one of the matches of the tournament for me. Um, the ending was brilliant, and the pop that David Starr got when we won again was absolutely outstanding. I think majority of the crowd wanted to see David Starr make it to the finals, and they got what they wanted. So, me being one of those people, because I'm a massive David Starr fan. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one to watch. Superb. And um, moving on to the the, the next semi-final, uh, a very mouth-watering tie. Two big names in this one, Jordan Devlin versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, so, uh, some might say a slightly surprising uh, ending or a surprising victor in this one, but Jordan Devlin actually went over against uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, obviously, they, you know, Jordan Devlin is, is more of a homegrown talent, so I should imagine that uh, um, you know that the Progress crew are looking to promote uh, stars like Jordan Devlin and, and David Starr over the established WWE uh, superstar. But uh, this on paper looks an amazing match. I can't wait to watch it myself. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, what did you think of this one, Kieran? Again, absolutely outstanding match. You cannot. Obviously, as you said, two big names in WWE, one in NXT, mm. one in NXT, um, both literally smashing it for their said brand. Um, 
the match itself, again, obviously don't want to ruin too much for people, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's one of the best matches I've seen Jordan Devlin and Kylo Riley in. If I'm honest, and I've watched a lot of obviously Devlin stuff and Kylo Riley's through the Indies, um, for me, definitely two performances that you'd look back and be like, wow, they can actually do that sort of stuff. Um, for me, the right person went over. Um, just for wrestling, obviously it being at Progress, Jordan being a home Progress-born guy. Yeah. Uh, also, I really want to see Devlin and Star in the final just because of their OTT stuff and the magic they've put on over in Dublin. And I got what I wanted. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so after that, we got um, <laughs> uh, we got Jimmy Havoc versus Paul Robinson. So uh, we've seen quite a lot of Paul Robinson in the Super Strong Style tournament over the previous three days. Here, he's kind of back in familiar territory in a death match against one of his longtime foes, one of his longtime rivals, Jimmy Havoc. Um, was publicised as being Jimmy Havoc's final match in progress. A lot of people are saying this is possibly Jimmy Havoc's best death match ever, or possibly the best death match that Progress have ever put on. Um, a lot of blood in this match, Kieran. Uh, what do you remember for this one? And um, quite quite an emotional ending with the way that uh, Jimmy said goodbye to the, the Progress fans. Um, but the death match itself, tell us about it. Honestly, I've never been at a death match live before in my life. Um, obviously, did a lot of looking online with the stuff and the sort of stuff you can expect. If you got a weak stomach, fast forward the death match. It is one of the most brutal matches I've ever watched. There's a lot of high spots. There's a lot of light tubes. Um, and as you previously said, a lot of blood. Um, obviously, Robbo went over in this. Um, again, don't really want to ruin too much, but it's definitely worth a watch for people who think that they can handle the amount of blood. Um, but yeah, definitely watch it. And I'd agree with people saying that it is one of the best ma death matches ever produced by anyone. Uh, with the ending as well, so with the tribute to Jimmy Havitt with Jim Smallman, again, watch it. If you've watched a lot of progress stuff with Jimmy Havoc, you will well up. It's a very, very emotional moment for a lot of the fans there as well. Um, and everybody got up to show their appreciation to Jimmy. And if he does watch this, I wish him all the best in AEW. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but uh, by all accounts, Jimmy Havoc got rushed to hospital directly after uh, that match. Uh, so he was obviously kind of injured to the point where just patching him up behind the scenes wasn't going to uh, wasn't going to do it for him on this occasion. Um, but uh, yeah, another match that you're going to have to kind of catch on demand when it drops fairly soon. Um, moving on to the the Progress Tag Titles, Aussie Open, and that's uh, Mark Davis and Carl Fletcher versus uh, Aerostar and Darga. So Aussie Open actually won this match via pinfall. Uh, but what I want to know from yourself is a little bit about what you thought and what you enjoyed from this match. And then uh, there, there was a bit of a, an interesting angle that happened after this match involving the 198. So I'll let you tell the listeners the rest. So, right, Aussie Open versus Aerostar and Dogger. Um, 
it was what you'd expect from a tag team match with those two teams. Obviously, Aerostar being the high flyer for their team and then Daga being the powerhouse. And it works the opposite way with Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Match itself, full of a lot of high spots. Obviously, you were expecting Aussie Open to win, which they did. Obviously, their first title defence after beating Swords of Essex for it. Uh, the ending. Yes, let's talk about that. Um, so, after the match, Ash Morgan Webster comes out and hits the sent on onto Mark Davis. White ball come out. They beat up Aussie Open and then leave with their belts. So, they just steal the tag titles. They... Uh... Uh, they, they haven't officially won them in a match. They've just walked away with them. So that's obviously setting up a, a future match um, involving the 198 and uh, Aussie Open to try to uh, not only seek redemption, but to uh, get their, their bouts back. Um, but uh, yeah, an interesting little angle there. And a lot of you have probably seen the pictures online of uh, Flash Morgan and the Wild Boar um, hanging on to them. Uh, tag titles and if you weren't at super strong style probably wondering why they had the belts in their hand at all but uh right we're on to the kind of semi-final of the, of the night three um and it was for the the progress women's title now jordine grace is obviously the progress women's champion she's not defended the progress women's uh, championship um on a progress show since winning the championship um and i think she beat did she beat Ginny for the championship um back in january i understand is that correct uh, am i right in saying that yes i was there at the it, show yeah it was Ginny, and uh, but she has defended the championship on uh, indie shows around the united states uh, but not she hasn't wrestled back in the uk since she uh, won the title first time around in uh, january and here she is uh, going up against uh, session moth martina obviously martina won a qualifying match uh, on day two uh, millie mckenzie's in this match as well and nina samuels uh, so jordan grace uh, won this match but she uh, she she turned heel on the fans um the, the beloved jordan grace turning heel and uh, she actually uh, made a good, good good showing for herself in this match i understand uh, she 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 called the fans uh, uh, marks and uh, really ripped into the fans um but uh yeah i understand that this was also a very good match so uh, tell us a little bit about this this uh, four-way match then kieran so four-way match was absolutely amazing in itself you saw the best of all four females in the match uh jordan grace's heel turn i believe it was kind of about time the fans had kind of turned on her obviously with her not defending the actual belt in the uk yeah progress um so she picked up on the thing that most people had picked up over the weekend which was the spelling mistake on the poster and on the t-shirts of her name um i think that got the biggest kind of cheer from the fans because she kind of called bullshit yeah. um but for me um jordan grace is definitely still going to be one to watch in the future uh but for me the shock one in that was millie mckenzie um, she's a young girl. She's athletically phenomenal. And I can't wait to see a lot more of her in the future. Um, for me, the right person went over. Obviously, you don't really want your champ to lose their first title defence on your actual show. Yeah. Um, but they could have had it ended in many different ways. I mean, they could have had one of the other three girls pick up the strap without pinning Jordan and then building up for something for their big show, which is in September. But obviously it's one of those one of those things where 
bookings done the way bookings done. Um, I think fans were shocked by the finish because it was kind of a move that's not any not her finisher that then got the pin. Um, but again, it, it, it's definitely one to watch because you saw a lot from. Yeah, it sounded like a really good match and another one to watch on demand. Now on to the, the climax of Super Strong Style 16, uh, day three. And uh, it, it's, it's the final match that a lot of people predicted going into it. David Starr versus Jordan Devlin. Um, so this was the climax of your three days over at uh, Ali Pali. Uh, tell us about this amazing final then, Kieran. So... As you said, it's the ones that the fans all wanted. It's the one that everyone was looking forward to. The majority of the day was quiet until this point. This match, the whole match, it was just dueling chants. All of the whole match. It was a good 30-minute match, and the fans were just going the whole time. Uh, In the ring, obviously, Jordan was selling a previous injury to his knee, which he technically had stayed through the match with Kyle O'Reilly due to the knee bar finish, uh, knee bar submission. Um, it, again, it's one of the most technical matches you'll ever watch and it's definitely worth watching. Obviously, I know you've posted about the winner on your page. I have. And so, obviously, people that follow your Facebook page, your Twitter and everything will know who won. For me... With the way that he's coming up at the minute with his promos, with his in-ring work, with his interaction just with fans via Twitter and everything, they made the right choice in the person who won. Um, Biggest thing for me was after the match when David Starr got the microphone and he explained the meaning of his independent T-shirt, which is obviously what we've spoke about earlier with the merch of his sales. Yeah. he just reiterated what everybody thought the independent thing was and then called out Walter because he did go on Twitter at the beginning of Super Strong Style saying if he won, he was going to call out Walter at the end of the night. Uh, called Walter out and pretty much called him a um, a part-time champ and that had already left to go to another country but then promised us all that he'd see us see him soon. There we go. And that's going to be uh, an amazing match, a uh, real mouthwatering time. I know that David Starr and Walter, they've had a, a bit of a feud in the past for WXW. Um, and uh, looks like we're going to see a lot of it as progress fans um, in the coming uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, that in itself is going to be a, a, a match to main event any card for any promotion around the world. Um, but obviously David Starr is going to be the massive uh, fan favourite in that match. And um, yeah, let, let, let's see if uh, David Starr can um, can combat the big ring general, uh, Walter. But uh, thank you very much for your, your kind of coverage there of Super Strong Style. Uh, just to kind of cap off, you know, your enjoyment of the three days, what will be your, your lasting memories, would you say, from uh, from Alexander Palace and Super Strong Style Weekend? So for me, it's if you've never been to like a live show like that before over a three-day period, you'll be shocked how friendly the fans are. 
Secondly, you would be surprised how much stamina these guys have got to put on outstanding matches across all three days. Um, there was a couple of matches that you missed out that are on the card. Obviously, we've not got a lot of time to cover those, but there's a six-man tag match and the um, Champ Scrambo. So you've got six-man tag, which is on day two, and champ, um, the Scrambo match slash Wasteman Challenge with Roy Johnson on the beginning of day three. They are both worth a watch, especially if you're a kid like us fan with this um, Wasteman Challenge. Watch it. You'll find out why. It's brilliant. Um, but for me, just for the sheer fact that they put on an amazing show the whole weekend, for the whole three days, um, if you've never been to a live show, you'd instantly fall in love with wrestling just going for those three days. There we go. So you heard from the man himself. He was there all three days. Uh, but uh, thank you once again for your review of uh, Super Strong Style. But uh, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna keep you uh, along for uh, for the ride uh, as we talk about NXT UK and this week's uh, NXT. Uh, so you've seen both shows, Kieran. So you can uh, help me along for the ride here. Um, NXT UK, and it was the uh, 9th of May show uh, last night. It aired on the WWE Network. And this week's episode starts with a piece of camera from Sid Scala, the uh, deputy or the assistant to the general manager Johnny Saint of course uh, and he said that in four weeks time there will be a number one contenders match to see who faces the WWE UK champion uh, Walter or possibly Pete Dunne um, there's going to be eight NXT superstars who have been chosen to take part in this uh, tournament uh, to see who will be named the, the number one contender and I believe that there's, they're leading to a kind of a, a four-way match in four weeks time and the winner of that four-way will be the new number one contender um, but um we're going to be seeing that the first of their matches uh, this evening. Um, I'm guessing you're, you're obviously a fan of NXT UK. Um, who, who are some of your, your favourite characters from the NXT UK brand? Who do you like watching on a week-to-week basis? So, obviously, as we've spoke previously, Jordan Devlin, definitely one to watch. Tyler Bate as well. I think he's one to watch. It's kind of a shame for me. He got his big push, and then because he got tattooed, WWE are kind of holding him back slightly. Um Another one that I like, which people might be shocked about, is Wild Boar. Yeah. Um, for me, just because of his size and what he does in the ring, he's an outstanding talent. Yeah. Um, I wish he'd get booked better than what he is being booked, but obviously only time will tell. For me, NXT UK is a brand that is amazing for British wrestling. It just proves how much British wrestling has come along in the last few years. Um and it's finally nice to see that it's actually being acknowledged on a worldwide basis. Definitely. There was obviously been a lot of criticism when NXT UK was was coming onto our TV screens about it possibly being a bit of a detriment to the UK indie scene with WWE snapping up a lot of UK talent to exclusive contracts. Do you think it's done any harm to the UK indie scene? Like I say, NXT UK is obviously very popular with the fans out there and it's done a lot of good for the talent that's involved. There are still promotions that some of the WWE signed talent can still work for like progress for example um but uh, do you think it's it's kind of done a bit of a disservice to the uk indie scene or do you think that things um are no different or possibly even even better for the additional exposure that uk talent are getting on um on, on a worldwide stage like wwe what would you say about that i think it's great for the british talent that have put their bodies on the line week in and week out for guys like us to actually be noticed on a worldwide scale. Yeah. I can understand where people are coming from with 
like only certain wrestling promotions being able to show some of the talent. But again, it, it's down to the wrestler. They can't be forced to sign the contract. If they feel like it's the right move for them, then they'll take it. Um, but on a side note to that, AEW are doing the same. Um, so because obviously AEW is based in America, there's a lot of stars that are going over that are going to stop wrestling for UK promotions like Kip Saban, who's already said that he'll still appear at IPW, but it'll depend on when his AEW contra- uh, matches and stuff are. Yeah. And Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc's completely leaving the British indie scene and just focusing his time on America. So it works both ways. Everyone thinks AEW is going to be amazing. So why is it any different for WWE? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, yeah, like I say, a lot of people were quite critical of WWE in the way that they were signing, uh, getting people to sign to these exclusive contracts. But yeah, you've just kind of turned it on its head there by saying AEW are doing exactly the same thing. So um, fantastic. Have you have you um, attended any NXT UK tapings yet, Kieran, or do you plan I, to in the future? I haven't yet. Uh, me and my mate were trying to get tickets for um, Takeover, but unfortunately they'd sold out by the time we'd got online to get them. Um. I will probably go to one in the future, but at the minute, my main focus, to be honest, is on more of the indie stuff. So Progress, AEW, not AEW, uh, IPW. Um, uh, We've also got, because where I live is in Milton Keynes, so IPW come over once a month. Obviously, I travel up to London to watch Progress once a month. And then we've got a show in June, which is with Pro Wrestling Clash, which not a lot of people know about, but they've got some big guys on there when they come down here in June. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, let's let's move on to the first match of this week's NXT UK, and it was Mustache Mountain versus uh, one of your favourites, Wild Boar and Primate, otherwise known as The Hunt. Uh, so, uh, Jay Melrose, um, otherwise known as The Primate, and Mike Hitchman are, are veterans of the UK indie scene, um, but have only paired together in the last few months on NXT UK, and I think they make a pretty decent tag team on NXT UK, but uh, um, Seven here, uh, Trent Seven gets a, an early two count after a low blow and a DDT from Primate. Uh, Trent Seven follows this up with uh, a low pay, uh, but Wildboar and Primate soon regain control. Uh, there's an assisted senton with Primate throwing his partner onto Trent Seven, and they get a two count for their troubles there. Tyler Bate finally receives the, the hot tag, where he's able to demonstrate his power and his agility. Uh, Bate gets a, a two count from a running shooting star press, and there's a great double team here from the hunt, which gains another two count on the former NXT tag champs Mustache Mountain, of course. Um, uh, despite uh, the, the strong competition from Wild Boar and Primate, uh, Tyler Bay and Trent Seven were able to put an end to the match with their sl- slingshot clothesline dragon suplex combo for an impressive win uh, in this very entertaining opener. Um, so what were your thoughts on this match then, Kieran? So for me, there's a lot of high spots in there. Um, there's a couple of moves in there that I've not seen before. Obviously, I don't know if your listeners have watched any of the shows yet or if they want your review before they go and watch it mm-hmm. for me just the innovation between primate and mike hitchman there's a couple of spots in there where i'm like oh wow um for me it's definitely worth a watch obviously for me because of mike hitch mike hitchman yeah just in general for the actual match as well it's a legit match obviously they put mustache mountain over forward they're a pillar of nxt uk with pete dunn so that's kind of a given um, but yeah, definitely give it a watch. You might be surprised at how well Jay Melrose and 
Mike Hitchman team up together. Yeah, no, it was a really entertaining opener. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And like you say, you know, the, the, the Hunt, the tag team of the Hunt, definitely put in a, a strong um, a strong opposition there to Mustache Mountain. Um, and then the cameras go backstage to see an injured Amir Jordan uh, being helped back to the locker room by his partner, Kenny Williams, appearing to have been attacked by a mystery assailant. I'm sure we'll hear more about that a bit later on. Uh, then we get another really good match, uh, Joe Coffey versus Flash Morgan Webster. And this is the first of the number one contenders uh, tournament matches to see who goes through to that fatal four-way. Uh, Joe Coffey, uh, definitely the hometown boy here with uh, it being uh, part of the Glasgow tapings from a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we've seen uh, more of Morgan Webster in, in tag team matches of late um, in his partnership with Mark Andrews on NXT UK or alongside Mike Hitchman, better known as the uh, 198 in progress and across the indie scene, of course. Um, this was a really fun match, uh, pretty hard hit, hard hitting action with uh, Flash Morgan uh, trying to use his speed and agility um, to uh, combat uh, Joe Coffey's power. Uh, but um, Joe Coffey was in the end just too powerful for Webster, finishing the match with his, uh, his driving headbutt, uh, sending Webster hard into the corner before um, his brutal best for the bells, Lariat and the one, two, three. Uh, we then get a heated promo from all three members of Gallus um, in the ring after the match with Wolfgang calling out Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey staking his claim on the number one contendership um, with him, of course, progressing through to the fatal four-way, um, having just beaten Flash Morgan. However, there'll be other matches in store ahead um, for, before any uh, such title match for Coffey. Um, with the winner of each of these uh, qualifying matches getting included into that fatal four-way, as I mentioned, that's taking place in four weeks' time. Um, so then there's a, a little bit of a kind of a, a promo um, getting us ready for uh, Walter versus Pete Dunn 2, uh, which is going to be taking place in two weeks' time. Now, we all saw their uh, fantastic match at TakeOver New York, uh, part of WrestleMania weekend uh, last month. Uh, now, I'm sure you're uh, you're a massive fan of Pete Dunn and a massive fan of that match at TakeOver, but are you looking forward to this rematch uh, being billed as Walter versus Pete Dunn 2, which is taking place in two weeks' time, Kieran? I am indeed. Um, obviously, everyone's probably watched it now. Walter Pete done one. Um, legit one of probably most of the hard-hitting matches I've ever seen. Hell of a match. It was an absolute brilliant match. Unfortunately, obviously, they got kind of outshined a bit by Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. Yeah. But what do you kind of expect? Best two out of three falls match going into that Um but for me, that was the second match of the night. So they outdid Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle for me. Yeah. Um, to go back to the Morgan and Joe Kofi match. Yeah. Um, Joe Kofi, I've watched a couple of times live. And he's legit one of the biggest dudes I've ever met in my life. He's pretty but stacked, he's, isn't he? Yeah. He's athletically amazing as well. His ring work has come on amazingly since I've last seen him live in person. And, and his... Mike Rock is absolutely phenomenal now. I'm expecting big things from Joe Cody. Um, obviously, Walter's probably going to go over in Walter Pete too. And I'd like to see Joe Kofi win the fatal four-way. I'd like to see Joe Kofi versus Walter. Yeah, that would be a hell of a match if it happens. Uh, we then see another video package featuring uh, Ilya Dragunov, uh, one of our favourites from uh, Progress Super Strong Style, of course. Um, and he'll be debuting on NXT UK next week. So that will be uh, definitely something to tune in and watch uh, on next week's episode. Then we get to our next match of the night, 
Anita Samuels versus Casey Owens. Uh, so now I believe uh, that this is the first time that we've seen Casey Owens in an NXT UK ring. Uh, plenty of loud, let's go Casey chants from the fans in Glasgow. Um, Owens makes a, a plucky comeback after a dominant start from Nina Samuels. Samuels uh, in, 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 uh, did an impressive uh, cartwheel across the top rope before putting her opponent away um, after only three minutes in this match with a Nina Garrosh finisher. Um, but um, I think Nina Samuels is definitely making a bit of a name for herself. And uh, yeah, she seems to be putting together um, a, a collection of wins here. But uh, nice to see Casey Owens get a little bit of a, um, a tryout here on the NXT UK and she was uh, definitely popular with the fans. Uh, Nina gave us a bit of an in-ring promo um, after the match um, shooting on the NXT Women's Champion Tony Storm. Uh, Nina said that uh, Tony didn't think twice about leaving a single mother and sister to come over to the UK uh, to live out her dream. Uh, Nina, Nina sends out a challenge, of course, to the NXT Women's Champion, uh, which will be uh, a tasty little match. And I think that we're probably going to see that in a future episode of NXT UK. I think that's part of the Glasgow tapings. But uh, what's your thoughts on Nina Samuels? And uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, on the very kind of fairly quick match here, Kieran? I'm slightly disappointed. Um, as you know, we've seen this match before. It was at Birmingham um, with a different outcome as part of a six-person tag match um, with Casey obviously pinning Nina, which led to a previous match going into super strong style. Um, I think if they had more time, they could have put on one of the better Diva matches that you would have seen on NXT UK. Um, obviously, I've seen Nina a few times with Progress. Um, I don't know what it is and this is just my personal opinion people can not like me for it I, I don't mind um, I'm not a massive fan of Nina Samuels not um, everybody is not everybody is <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what it is there's just something about her I don't like and I can't put my finger on it and I think that's what annoys me the most about it if people ask me why I can't give a definitive answer there's just something I don't like about her um, but again Obviously, she's one of our indie people. She's making an absolute killing for it. And she, she's getting where she deserves. So I'll give her a juice for that. But for me, that match was slightly disappointing. I think they should have had longer. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I think uh, Nina's uh, character is definitely getting over. Um, and they're, they're, it's good to see they're doing something with her on TV on a weekly basis. Uh, we then see a backstage promo uh, from Dave Mastiff who responds to the challenge sent out by Wolfgang earlier on um, in the show. And it looks like we'll see Wolfgang and the Bomber uh, go at it in a fatal four four-way qualifying match next week on NXT UK so that'll be one to watch uh, Kaylee Ray then jumps in for her promo to say that uh, she isn't here to wait she's here to pick her moment and to make sure that nobody forgets the name Kaylee Ray um, ever again so uh, Kaylee Ray another fantastic wrestler that we've been introduced to on the NXT UK uh, roster over the last few weeks good to see her on the NXT UK brand um, and uh, yeah it looks like uh, she's making a bit of a name for herself and another the future contender to Tony Storm's title, quite possibly. Uh, we then see a graphic showing us that we'll see Liguero take on the Irish ace Jordan Devlin in another qualifying match for the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match on uh, next week's NXT UK. So another match being advertised a week in advance. Liguero versus Jordan Devlin will take place next week. Um, then we jump on to the, uh, the main event of this week's NXT UK. Um, 
really good match, a very competitive match between the grizzled young veterans and uh, versus Kenny Williams and not his usual partner, Amir Jordan. Of course, we saw the segment earlier on in the show where he got uh, carried back to the locker room um, after supposedly being uh, being attacked. Uh, but Kenny Williams is being paired up here uh, with Noam Dar. Now, uh, the last time we saw Noam Dar, he was being stretchered uh, away from the ring after his match with Mark Andrews, where Noam Dar um, appeared to suffer a bit of a, a knee injury. But it's good to see that he's made a bit of a comeback here. And, uh, uh, yep, yeah, so Noam Dar teaming up with Kenny Williams here. So um, have you seen much of, of these four individuals? Obviously, you've got uh, Zach Gibson and uh, Drake, Kenny Williams and Noam Dar. Uh, what do you think about these two teams going into the match then, Kieran? So Grizzly Young Veterans, obviously, with watching Progress on Demand, you see a bit of those in progress. You do, yeah. Um, two of those literally together they're innovating tag team wrestling all the time you see a bit of it in this match um noam dar obviously again as i've previously stated i'm going through the chapters of progress he's on there quite a lot and um kenny williams i've not heard a lot about before nxt uk so kenny kenny williams is one of the guys that have been a surprise for me out of the nxt lot um Although majority of the time he's on the losing end of his matches, he still puts on a really good show. So him and Noam Dar teaming up together was really good. Um, I think because of their personal connection outside of the ring as well, I think that that helped them quite a lot in this match. So for me, again, if they can keep Noam Dar and Kelly Williams together, um, I think they'd make a better tag team than Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan, just my personal opinion. But those two teams together in that match, they made fire and it was definitely worth watching. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree with everything you said. That it's a um, hell of a good match. Lots of uh, back, of, back and forth action. Uh, some really cool spots. Uh, but uh, the match did end uh, when um, Gibson delivered his Helter Skelter, followed by James Drake's 450 splash uh, for the pinfall victory for the uh, NXT UK Tag Team Champions. And they retain their titles over Williams and Noem Dar. Um, a really good match. Definitely deserved to go on last in this episode of NXT UK. A fantastic main event. Uh, and like you say, um, you know, deserved champions. Uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans, as you quite rightly mentioned, uh, uh, making a, a wave on the tag team scene. And um, I think with uh, Zach Gibson's excellent promo ability and uh, James Drake definitely coming along, uh, making a bit of a name for himself um, as, as a, an excellent wrestler alongside Zach Gibson. Um, yep, yeah, I think that the, the tag titles are in safe hands uh, for the meantime. But uh, who do you see as possible number one contenders to the Grizzled Young Veterans NXT UK tag titles in the future? Any teams that stand out for you? Any teams that you're a fan of besides uh, these two teams that we've seen tonight? Um, so the hunt for me, if they can put it together and get yeah. wins, I reckon they'd put on a good match of those two. Um, Mustache Mountain are obviously the obvious choice. Um, so yeah, probably be Mustache Mountain for Mustache Mountain versus Grizzly Young Veterans too for me. No, sounds uh, sounds like a plan. Definitely uh, be up for that match myself. But uh, a really good episode of NXT UK uh, this week. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about this week's NXT. Uh, so uh, I think the, the kind of the climax of NXT, we're building towards the main event, which of course is going to be Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle. And we'll talk more about that a bit later on. But the first match of this week's NXT was uh, Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. So two very, very talented um, wrestlers uh, from the women's division in NXT. 
NXT in this match. Uh, it was a very fast-paced match with uh, several close near falls. Uh, Belair managed to reverse a guillotine into a snap suplex, which was quite an impressive spot. Uh, Belair went for a running splash, only for Mia to bring up her knees and to uh, block that attack from Belair. Uh, Mia then hits Belair with a, a rolling senton in the corner. Bianca goes for a ping, pin and attempt, but uh, grabbing the ropes for a little leverage, uh, which was broken up by the referee. Uh, Mia Yim is able to reverse uh, into a roll-up of her own, uh, only for a two-count. However, Belair rolls it back into a pinning attempt, pinning Mia's shoulders to the mat, but this time getting a little extra leverage uh, by wrapping her braid uh, or her hair around the middle rope, this time not spotted by the referee and managing to get um, the three-count from the assist of the hair, um, of all things. Uh, it's a bit of a fun match. We should take on uh, this opening encounter on this week's NXT then, Kieran. So I've watched your podcast before. Um, you've spoke about Bianca Belair being one of the legit and a legit athlete and a legit person that will probably end up on the main roster and will be a huge star in the company. Yep. I think this match was brilliant because it made me a Yim look strong as well, even though everyone knew she was going to lose on the build-up in. Um, I think the two bounce off each other really well. And um, it just proves that, obviously, Mia Yim's worked a lot in the Indies to get to where she is now. So, again, it's like Nina Samuels. It's nice to actually see it paying off for somebody. Um, I think we'll see big things from both of those two. I would actually like to see those two as a team at some point and potentially go for the tag titles. Yeah, Uh, quite interesting, yeah. I just think those two together as a tag team would be insane. There we go. Uh, we then see a clip uh, backstage of the War Raiders getting attacked by the Forgotten Sons, uh, no doubt setting up a match between these two teams for the NXT Tag Team Gold uh, on, a, on a coming uh, episode of NXT. Uh, we then learn that the War Raiders will be on the show next week to address the future, uh, the NXT future and the future for the NXT Tag Titles. So no doubt some big news there from the War Raiders. Uh, we see backstage footage of Shayna Baszler helping to train her uh, horsewomen uh, teammates Sh- uh, Shafir and Duke at the PC when we see Io Shirai come into the ring and uh, attack Shayna from behind cementing her claim on uh, the number one contender spot so that will be a hell of a match when that happens uh, probably at the next TakeOver, uh, which is in uh, June. I think they're calling it TakeOver 25 because it's the 25th uh, NXT TakeOver, of course, and that will be a hell of a match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, Our next match, however, is uh, Raul Mendoza versus Riddick Moss. Um, So this this is the first time we've seen Riddick Moss for a while. He's been out with uh, an injury for several months. However, looking absolutely amazing here. Um, Not sure what his gimmick is, to be honest with you. Uh, What do you think his gimmick was trying to portray here? Uh, Riddick Moss. Um, he, he definitely looked uh, looked good. Um, could you identify his gimmick um, from this uh, from this match or from this clip? So, if you listen to the commentary, they um, they did say something about how he was supposed to be out longer, and that he didn't listen to doctors and he did his own regiment, and that right. that quicker. So, I think um, if you listen to the rest of the match as well, there's a lot of him going. I don't go by your count. I go by my count. So I think he's going to be playing on the fact that he's 
sorted his own sort of workout regimen, I guess. You know, like Simon Dean used to do. Yeah, yeah. So well, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Mendoza was impressive, as always, uh, as you would expect, with his high-flying and uh, quick pace. Um, but uh, the returning Moss... Uh, looked very impressive, even managing to curl uh, uh, around Mendoza like uh, like some uh, dumbbells, like some weights, uh, three times before throwing him across the ring. However, uh, Mendoza did pull off the surprise victory, uh, getting the pinfall from an, from an impressive corkscrew splash or a corkscrew manoeuvre for the one, two, three. And I think uh, nobody was expecting to see the returning Riddick Moss uh, lose in his first match, uh, but uh, a really good and surprising and a popular win for Real Mendoza. Um, but so let's move on to uh, the match that we're all here for, the main event, Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. So this is a bit of a dream match, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure that uh, we followed these two individuals on the indies. Uh, happy to see them both doing very well um, for NXT. Um, we, we This is a bit of a dream match, as I said, and uh, there was a bit of a small preview of these two when they were in the number one contenders match um, ahead of... Uh, take over New York, of course, where there was that fatal five-way match, which also involved Velveteen Dream, Ricochet and Alistair Black to see who would go on to face Johnny Gargano. And Adam Cole, of course, did win this match, but there was a little bit of a, uh, an exchange between Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. But uh, however, we've not seen him in singles match in a singles match until today. Uh, Riddle did uh, dominate in the early, uh, early going, demonstrating his strength with three uh, back-to-back suplexes. Uh, Cole makes uh, a comeback with a flurry of forearms in the corner before executing a, a brutal looking net breaker on Matt Riddle. Uh, Cole starts to mock Riddle, uh, which only fired up um, the, the King of Bros even more, causing him to nail a German suplex, followed by two running forearms, an exploder suplex, a broton and a penalty cook, uh, kick, but was only able to get a two count from that exchange of moves. Uh, Riddle got another two count from a bridging German suplex. Um, and um, Adam Cole at this point did look rattled. However, he did make a bit of a comeback um, and uh, managed to hit a, a Ushi Goroshi for a two count. And uh, the match was fast and furious um, and um, plenty of chance uh, keeping the, the, the full sale fans interested in this match. So many counters, so many near falls. Uh, Cole nearly got the three counts from his last shot, uh, Shining Wizard. Um, but uh, Riddle just kicked out in the last uh, last split second there. Uh, nail Riddle manages to nail Cole with a, a GTS and a wicked kick, which sends Cole to the outside, where he's uh, comforted by uh, undisputed teammate Roddy Strong. Uh, Riddle then nails Roddy Strong with a penalty kick uh, on the ring apron before somersaulting his way back into the ring, only to be met by an awesome super kick from Adam Cole. That move is uh, something that has to be seen to be believed. Fantastic super kick there. Uh, Cole covers Riddle, but uh, the, the pinning attempt is actually reversed into a bro mission, causing Cole to tap out, giving Riddle the victory by submission. I'd love to know your thoughts on this one, Kieran. It was super, super fast-paced. Lots of action, bell to bell. Um, bit of outside interference from Roddy Strong, which kind of backfired. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a really good reversal at the end with the bro mission and uh, Riddle getting the submission victory. I love this match. What about yourself? Absolutely brilliant match. Obviously, for those that have watched Ring of Honor and other stuff outside of um, WWE, you'll see that these guys have had interactions before. Um, for all those previous interactions, this has blown it out of the water. There's a couple of spots in there for me, which I've got written down from re-watching earlier. Um, there was a point in the match where Matt Riddle goes for a triple fisherman buster. 
and then Adam Cole reversed it into a Yoshi Garushi. Um, honestly, just seeing how the escapability of Adam Cole in that situation was brilliant. Um, there's also a spot in the match by Matt Riddle where he hits a GTS, a powerbomb, and then a knee to the face. Now, just a powerbomb and a GTS would kill you. Um, but with the added knee and then for Cole to still kick out is amazing. And um, I think those two together make magic in the ring. I look forward to seeing a lot more of that coming up to the future. Yeah. I do think that match is going to have a lot of title implications. And with Riddle going over an NXT, NXT 25 coming up, it, you'd probably see Matt Riddle probably up there potentially against Johnny Gargano for the strap. But I guess we'll see how WWE book it. But for me, that would be a match I'd definitely watch. And again, NXT 505 is one to watch. The whole show is brilliant. Excellent. There we go. But after the match, there was further tension between uh, uh, Adam Cole and Roddy Strong uh, with uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish playing peacekeepers, trying to keep the two apart. Um, once again, a fantastic match. But where do you see this storyline involving Undisputed Era ending up? Um, definitely a lot of tension there. We've seen a lot of uh, exclusive clips online of, of of these four kind of. There's a lot of tension, uh, a lot of arguing. Um, are, they, are they kind of uh, you know days of Undisputed Era numbered? Um, are we looking at a split? Um, if so, how do you see it ending up? So for me, I can see them kicking out one member, and obviously that member being Roddy. Obviously, Roddy was the last one to join and only came in because Fish was injured. Um, but for me, I'd like to just see the whole group disband, not for creative writing, I think for just the superstars in general. As we spoke about earlier, I think Kyle O'Reilly, the singles run. I think Adam Cole, when he's on his own and with his mic skills and stuff, he's absolutely amazing on the mic. He's amazing in ring, and I think on his own, he would probably end up on the main roster very quickly. Obviously, I want to see Undisputed Era on the main roster. Um, I always had this dream of having the Undisputed Era versus the Shield, but obviously that's broken at the moment. Um, but again, you've seen it with WWE. They can always make uh, fractions come back, like you've seen with the Shield and stuff in the past. Yeah. So even if it's only for a temporary split, I think it'd be good for all four members. Look at when Roddy first came in and he was on his own. He was absolutely killing it and putting on outstanding matches. Unfortunately, always on the losing end majority of the time. But Roddy, again, is one of those guys that's been with the business so long that it might be time for him to go solo, potentially go part-time and maybe do some training stuff. Um, he's got the knowledge for it and maybe step back and do some stuff with the younger guys. This is just my personal opinion. Um, but again, even singles runs, singles runs for all three of them, or even having Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish reform as a tag team together. Um, I think it could only make NXT's tag team division stronger. It's pretty strong as it is with the teams you've got in there with the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Obviously, War Raiders, Street Profits, and all those guys. Um, it could only make that tag team division even stronger. There we go. There we go. Well, um, Kieran, that's uh, the end of the run. That's the end of the show, buddy. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on this uh, episode of Wrestling with Johnners. 
um, your, your, your insight and your experience of super strong style 16 from last weekend um, is, was phenomenal. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully we can get you back on the podcast to talk more um, NXT, NXT UK, and possibly some more progress in the future. But uh, if any of my listeners want to kind of uh, reach out to you on social media, do you have uh, any Twitter pages or any Facebook pages uh, or anywhere that you want to point our listeners towards your social media? So obviously my Facebook page, you can just search my name. It's Kieran Reed. I'll pop up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, want to follow me on Twitter? It's just at Kieran Reed one seven nine one. Um, if you want to know how to spell Kieran Reed, it's K I E R O N. For those that aren't on the Facebook page, obviously people that are on your Facebook page, I'm a member on it, so they can just send me a friend request or send me a message from there. Brilliant. Um, I don't do Instagram or anything, so they're the only really two ways you can contact me superb superb but uh, there we go thank you very much for coming on, coming on board and hopefully we can get you uh, part of a future episode in the future um, next week's episode of wrestling with Jonas will include my preview of the money in the bank pay-per-view which will take place uh, in two sundays time um, but uh, that's it i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you did please don't forget to hit subscribe and shout about this podcast tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to the wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly nxt uk nxt and wwe updates uh, like i said i'll be back later on uh, next week for another episode of wrestling with jonas uh, covering everything nxt and wwe related in the meantime take care and speak to you all soon mm-hmm.